0: Friend, I'm so grateful you're here welcome to the today I am in a podcast season three this season we are taking time to better understand who the women in the New Testament are and their experiences we will learn more of them their story and how Jesus Christ tutored their lives we will learn more about how much Jesus Christ loves women let's get started I am so grateful you're here this week in the New Testament we are talking about Matthew five and Luke six the sermon on the mount <laughs> there are no women so our podcast isn't going to be too long but i did <clears throat> but i did want to mention a few things this week because it's just a good just a good lesson <laughs> so the sermon on the mount is one of the most recognizable sermons that Jesus Christ gave he went to the mountain he sat down and he taught all those that found him and listened. He taught in a relatable way and he was reaching us where we currently are in our day and those who were listening in their day. And he gives hope of where we could someday be, who we could someday become and finding the blessings in the heart. He tells us that we're blessed when we're having trials, not just in the great parts or the great days of our lives. It's, it's just this really hopeful there's good even when there's a struggle. I would challenge you to take Matthew 4 or Matthew 5, excuse me, or even Luke 6 and pull it up side by side with 3rd Nephi 12, which is the Sermon on the Mount as well if you will, a version that was given in the Americas. And I would challenge you to compare. There's really a lot of similarities and there's a few differences that I found incredible. We did this for our family home evening lesson this week. And it was so great to have that discussion with our kids and why the differences are important and what it adds that the other one doesn't have and things like that. So go look that up. Um, I looked up On my phone, it linked me to Beatitudes in the Gospel Study Help, and that suggested to go look in 3rd Nephi 12 It's a more correct version, which I thought was interesting. So we are going to read a little bit today. These verses are short, but I think they are important. So uh, really quick in chapter 5 of Matthew, verse 3, there's a footnote. It says the Latin beat us is the basis of the english beatitudes meaning to be fortunate to be happy or to be blessed so that's where the beatitudes comes from as we talk about this okay so verse 1 chapter 5 he says and seeking the multitudes he went up into a mountain and when he was set his disciples came unto him and he opened his mouth and taught them saying Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. I just think it's so beautiful that we're all going to have times when we feel poor in spirit and when we mourn and are when we're meek and when we're hungry and thirsting after righteousness, when we're just really seeking that spiritual uplift, when uh, we're merciful and when we are pure in heart, when we're peacemakers and we're going to have times when we're persecuted, when people are attacking our religion and Men are going to revile against us, but there's blessings, and some of those are blessings, right? Blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are the merciful, blessed are the pure in heart. Those are all positive things, but it's nice to see the direct blessing that can come from those moments of being a peacemaker. In Elder Holland's book, Our Day Star Rising, that goes through the New Testament chapters, I refer to this probably every podcast. Uh, on page fifteen, in uh, where he's talking about Matthew five, he says, "Around the church, I hear many who struggle with their issue. I am just not good enough. I fall so short. I will never measure up." I hear this from teenagers. I hear this from missionaries. I hear this from converts. I hear this from lifelong members. What I now say in no way denies or diminishes any commandment God has ever given us. I believe in His perfection and I know we are his spiritual sons and daughters with divine potential to become as he is. I also know that as children of God, we should not demean or vilify ourselves as if beating up ourselves will somehow going to make that us, the person God wants us to become. No, with a willingness to repent and a desire to, for increased righteousness in our hearts, I would hope that we could pursue personal improvement in a way that does not include getting Ulcers or anorexia, feeling depressed or demolishing our self-esteem. This is not what the Lord wants from primary children or anyone else who honestly sings, I'm trying to be like Jesus. To put this issue in context, may I remind all of us that we live in a fallen world. And for now, we are fallen people. We are in the telestial kingdom. That is spelled with a T, not a C. As President Russell M. Nelson has taught here in mortality, perfection is still pending. So I believe that Jesus did not intend his sermon on the subject to be a verbal hammer for battering us about our shortcomings. No, I believe he intended it to be a tribute to who and what God the Eternal Father is and what we can achieve with him in eternity. In any case, I'm grateful to know That in spite of my imperfections, at least God is perfect. That at least he is, for example, able to love his enemies because too often, due to the natural man and woman in us, you and I are sometimes that enemy. How grateful I am that at least God can bless those who despitefully use him because without wanting or intending to do so, we all despitefully use him sometimes. I'm grateful that God is merciful and a peacemaker because I need mercy and the world needs peace. Of course, we all say that the father's virtues, we also say of his whole, his only begotten son who lived and died unto the same perfection. I just love that reminder. We're not being asked in these scriptures, in these chapters to be perfect or find perfection. We don't live in that world yet and we can't find it. And so it's important to remember where we are and to be gracious with ourselves and be kind to ourselves. Such a huge, huge thing. Okay, in Matthew 5, verses 16 and 17, say, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. I there's just beautiful verses let your light shine let that light of Christ let your hope and your faith come through in the things that you're doing in your good works glorify your father that's in heaven don't be ashamed to talk about the gospel or when you recognize God in your life don't don't just say oh it was so nice that it worked out recognize that it was God and tell other people that you recognize that hand in his hand in your life. And you will see him in your life more often. And that light will shine through and people will want to be around you. And I also love this reminder. I'm not come to destroy, but to fulfill. He is here to lift and strengthen us. And that is what we need to remember. We can seek his help because he is here for us. Now, the last section that is really talked about is, so it talks about the Beatitudes, being the light of Christ, and then these last verses we're going to go through. So we are going to look at Luke 6 for just a minute, but Matthew 5, 44 through 48 says, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do you not even the publicans the same? And if ye you salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Ye are therefore commanded to be perfect, even as your father, which is in heaven, is perfect. There's a footnote in verse 48. So we are commanded to be perfect, but like Elder Elder Holland mentioned, we live in a fallen world. We are a fallen people. We are not perfect. And we can strive to do the best that we can, but we cannot be unkind to ourselves when we fall short because that is part of living in this world. And sometimes it's going to be really difficult to forgive and to pray for our enemies. But I think it's in those times when we take that to heart and begin to pray for those that have hurt us, we can start to have our heart softened. And it isn't unless we make the effort that our hearts will ever be softened because he has to be a part of that. He will be there as we pray for these hard things to happen around us. And if the enemy happens to be yourself, I would invite you to pray that you can recognize the way that you're talking to yourself and understand how you can reverse that thinking and change it because it really is possible. In Luke six, we are going to read verses 27 and then 35 through 38. Verse 27 says, but I say unto you, which here, love your enemies, do good to them, which hate you, but love your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great, and you shall be the children of the highest, for he is the kind unto the unthankful and the evil. Be therefore merciful, as your father is also merciful. Judge not, that ye be not judged. Condemn that ye shall not be condemned forgive and ye shall be forgiven give and it shall be given unto you good measure pressed down and shaken together and running over shall man give into the bosom for what the same measure that ye meet with it shall be measured to you again so again this goes back to loving your enemies we need to love them but i love that it tells us our reward shall be great And you shall be like the children of God um, of the highest, but also be merciful, judge not, condemn not, forgive, and then give, and it shall be given unto you. So we're given these steps that we need to pray and love our enemies, be merciful, judge not, condemn, forgive, and then give to others. And I think it's, it's easy to get caught up in life but i think it's also can be easy to make that extra effort make that extra push to really do those things to find give others mercy and the benefit of the doubt we know so little about other people's lives and the way they think and the way they need to do things that it's really not our place to judge and it's our place to find mercy and not condemn people because we don't we don't know what's going on be forgiving and just give, just give as Jesus gives. other Holland on page ninety two of his book says, Forgive and ye shall be forgiven, which is Luke six thirty-seven. Christ taught in the New Testament times, and in our day, I the Lord will forgive whom I will forgive, but of you it is required to forgive all men. It is, however, important for some of you living in real anguish to know that he did not say he did not say, You are not allowed to feel true pain or real sorrow from the shattering experiences you have had at the hand of another. Nor did he say, in order to forgive fully, you have to re-enter a toxic relationship or return to an abusive, destructive circumstance. But notwithstanding even the most terrible offense that might come to us, we can rise above our pain only when we put our feet into the path of true healing. That path, is the forgiving one walked by Jesus of Nazareth who called out to each of us, come follow me. We need to forgive. We need to forgive everyone. But I love that Elder Holland reiterates to us that Jesus Christ never told us you are not allowed to feel true pain or sorrow from a shattering experience you had at the hand of another person, or that we need to forgive and re a toxic relationship return to abuse or destructive circumstances. Those are not okay. Those are not okay places to be. And very important that we remove ourselves from toxic relationships, toxic people, people that are harming us physically, mentally, emotionally, any sort of abuse. And we don't need to stay in those circumstances. But because of the atonement of Jesus Christ, it is possible to forgive people for what they have done. And the ways they have hurt us. It does not mean their actions are right. Or that you're accepting their actions. It means that you are releasing yourself. Of what they have done. And giving it to Christ. That's what it means. So in Luke 6. At the beginning of Luke 6. Also there is a miracle that takes place. And There's a man with a withered hand and it's on the Sabbath and everyone's kind of watching and seeing what he does. And he restores this man's hand and they kind of are amazed (laughs) what happens. And it's, it's just beautiful. And looking around about upon them all, he said unto the man, stretch forth thy hand. And he did so. And his hand was restored whole as the other. And this is no different than with our hearts As we forgive and we really try to love and be merciful and judge not and condemn not and forgive and to give to others. He restores and he can not only restore our bodies, but he can restore our hearts and our minds and give us that peace and strength that we need in times of hardship. Thanks so much for listening and I hope you have a great week and you enjoy reading more about the Beatitudes this week.